Today on the show, hunting is conservation. We talk about some species that are coming back because of hunters like yourself or fishermen or outdoorsmen. We recap the California Game and Fish Commission. Dustin has an amazing hunt and much, much more. DND Outdoors is brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Download Headline Outdoors on Roku or Amazon Fire TV today and watch season three, which new episodes airing every week. It is also brought to you by Southwestern Outdoorsman. Currently running 15% off all bison products with code bison. Head on over to www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com and get yours today. Back everyone to D&D Outdoors today on the show. We got we got a lot to talk about here. Some exciting updates, some exciting things. Uh, we are back. We've experienced some technical difficulties, so... We're sorry for the delay, but yeah, how's your day going, Dustin? That's pretty good. We're trying out this new audio visual type thing yeah. with, with the podcast. So, yeah, maybe we could even figure out a way to upload it on the YouTube so people can see our pretty faces while we talk. <laughs> or maybe it might make them stop listening. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man add some fun to it oh man how was all uh, your hunt you went on it was fun i i enjoyed it jason enjoyed it uh we didn't kill any hogs per se but we brought some pork home that's all that matters right that's correct you didn't, you didn't go home uh didn't go home empty empty stomach i guess is the best way to put it i've got some Wild boar sausage in the refrigerator now that we planned on making tonight for dinner. So Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. Do you see a lot of hogs? I think I was the only one that saw any, and I saw three. Gotcha. That's good. Were they a lot of big hogs out there? Or are they kind of just little ones that run around. The ones I saw, I thought were little, but uh, they claim it was due to the the bear that has come into the area oh god oh so it's not a it's a low fence it's not a high fence it's a no fence okay gotcha gotcha that makes sense are they just like uh regular feral hogs are they like the russian ones or the you know sometimes there's those crazy like big boars you can shoot down in texas or they're all mixed they had some of the blonde ones uh which the guy the owner actually was saying that he put a bounty out on the it's a blonde one running around and he wanted that one out Oh, so it doesn't mess up the population colors. Yeah. Gotcha. No luck. No seeing the blonde one. Us blondes, you know, we're sneaky. We know how to get around. That's right. <laughs> We've been escaping people trying to come after us since 1938. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time uh, down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were in, where were you at again? South Carolina? We were in North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. All these Carolinas, you you guys, you guys on the East Coast like to have two different states for different directions. Now, easy now, you got the Dakotas out there, out to your way. That's the Midwest. <laughs> 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 we don't claim them in the South, but they get snow. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the, the the deal there. If it gets snow, y'all don't claim it. If over eighty percent of the state can get snow, yeah, we don't claim it. So. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Well, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, speaking actually of bears, there's actually this really, really cool thing. Have you heard of Blood Origins before? 
Blood Origins? Blood Origins. No. So Blood or- Origins is they're like a they're they're a a charity, a pro hunting charity in a way that really goes out and shows the impact that hunters play across the world. Um, you know, and shows like how they support their conservation efforts that hunters play in like Africa and all over the all over the globe essentially. Um, they actually are doing this really, really cool thing. Um, you might have seen me post about it on um, Instagram and Facebook with the Arkansas Game and Fish or Department of Natural Resources. Uh, what, what they're considered. Uh, oh, yeah, the Arkansas Game and Fish. So it's actually really cool. So I posted a link in the bio of our Instagram. And it's all, um, and you can actually go on and donate to um their their um to them for their research and the goal is to get seventy thousand dollars donates now the cool part is if you donate like through the link through dnd outdoors we're attached to um hal who we've had on previously and the people that either donate the most money or get then once you sign up so you say you donate, you create your own page that goes through Hal as well through Blood Origins, and people donate under your name per se, right? The people with the the top four people on the winning team that raise the most money will have a chance to actually go out with the Arkansas Game and Fish, and either uh, option one is collar twenty five of their black bear with them, so you get a train provides some get up on the bear and collar them, or you'll get to go out during denning season and crawl in the den with mama and hold the cubs and do all the scientific stuff with them so she's asleep and you crawl into the den yeah you crawl in the den like you see them when the game and fish holds the bears and stuff when they do that research and they bring the no cubs tranquilized. i'm sure they tranquilize mama i don't think you're crawling in there with her awake and then you pull the bears out and um do the measurements on them and all that. Cause the goal of this research is actually to open up new hunting opportunities for bear in Arkansas. I think I am too big to crawl into the den, uh, but Adam, he's probably about the right size. Yeah, get in there with mom, <laughs> hold some cubs. I, I think it's just a really cool opportunity to tag along and I mean, I don't know, I mean, uh, being close to a live bear, I guess, kind of cool. Hopefully, does. Hopefully, they know what they're doing with the tranquilizers, though. <laughs> Wake up, a big mama with her cubs in your hand. I don't know if you'll ever see me run so fast in my life. My heart might give out on me. <laughs> yeah, it'd be trying to army crawl out of the out of the den there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if anybody that listens is interested in donating, I mean, it's a great. It's really a once a lifetime opportunity because I don't I don't know any other way that you would be able to not only contribute to show like the positive side of hunters and the conservation um but also tag and collar wild bears take some selfies with them yeah i mean i'm sure they'll have a camera crew hopefully out there with you to take some pictures but i mean going into that i mean it's pretty cool i mean to see the bear the bear population kind of flourished, you know, in California, um, this past, is it last, 
Thursday? Yeah, last Thursday in California, um, the Lovely Humane Society filed a petition to ban bear hunting in California, saying the bear population is on the decline, and that there needs to be better bear science, and essentially that bear hunters are just ruining the population. They cited some crazy surveys saying there's only like 15,000 bears left in California and pretty much hunters were to blame, <laughs> um, which it was fun. I listened into it. I mean, you probably can see some clips on the internet. You have these lovely humane society, 67 year old ladies up there talking, telling us how we're the devil. And through that petition, um, they predicted that there's only 15,000 bears. And actually one of the commissioners asked a good question. If there is more bears, would the Humane Society want bear hunting? Because they're only saying there's 15,000. She said, no, of course not. Um, the Humane Society wouldn't take, would not approve trophy hunting. Um, which, first of all, trophy hunting is illegal with wanted waste laws. But also... After that question was stated, they brought out the scientists for California Game and Fish Biologists, who they've been actually doing extensive bear studies, which the records just haven't been made to the public. So the prediction was there's only 15,000 bears um, in California left. What would you guess? How many bears do you think there are in California? They also have a coyote problem, too, but uh, that would at least double that yeah so through that study they're estimating about thirty thousand bears they can consensually say is in california but the scientists brought up a point where there was limited range where they're predicting there's a possibility of upwards success to sixty thousand bears right now in california and the humane society was telling us there's only fifteen thousand bears bear hunting needs to stop because the bears aren't at a manageable level to hunt and because of the Humane Society and their lovely anti-wildlife attacks, <laughs> it turns out their study, there's probably four times more bears than what they thought. I mean, if they're coming in with false information like that, they ought to throw out their whole argument. Everything they've said, just go. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the great thing. I mean, there's, there's uh, video clips of, you know, the commissioners at the end, it was voted upon and they Four to zero, the commission unanimous vote that they're not canceling a bear hunt in California. And, you know, the commissioners even came out and, you know, surprisingly for California, all the commissioners are very pro-science. So if the science says there needs to be hunting, they aren't going to ban hunting like you see in some states like Washington and stuff. Um, which, you know, in California, I was really surprised how fair their game fish commission is. No offense to you people in California, but you guys know what I'm talking about if you hunt out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go ahead and just ban it. But the Game and Fish Commission, I mean, they spoke very highly of hunters and the conservation efforts that are put in. And I mean, actually, a lot of them are on the commission have talked about and they talked about how hunting sustainable for populations and broke it down. And uh, it was really interesting right before that vote, the head of the Humane Society was on another podcast. I can't remember the name right now. I think it's called Hunt to Eat, I believe. And they're saying, no, you know, we just want to ban hunting, but we aren't going to support conservation of any of these animals. We aren't going to give the Game and Fish Commission any money to manage these animals. We just want to ban hunting, which would essentially get rid of all the money to 
conserve these species. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. It, okay, you want to ban hunting, but you don't want to help promote the, the control and, and hopefully increase of the population of said animal. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, I feel now, though, I mean, this is now Arizona shot down the Humane Society position, and then three weeks later, California shot down. I think now hunters are finally waking up to the fact that they actually might need to comment every now and then instead of just getting upset when these laws are passed. Because, I mean, the Game and Fish Commission, all they're hearing is from the anti-hunting groups. They're just going to assume that's what everybody wants, even though they know it's, but no one else is speaking out in favor. I mean, my fact or, or my thinking would be, you know, the commission to deal with anything, wildlife, fish or game, whatever you want to call it. You got people coming in with the anti-hunt thing, but where's your paycheck coming from? Exactly. Coming from the hunters. Yeah, it's coming from those people buying the license, buying, you know, the hunting and fishing items through the state and stuff like that it, it, it's you want to do away with it then that's pretty much you're doing away with your paycheck yeah and not even that i mean i don't know like in virginia obviously you guys don't have the water problems that we have out west i mean there's so many other hunting groups that take donations and they're the ones putting the gas and trucks buying the water tanks drive around the forest filling the water drinkers up and fixing them things that game and fish couldn't do and on top of that, they're saving game and fish hundreds of thousands of dollars by taking their own initiative instead of say that would just be another expense that the game and fish would need to figure out a way to pay for it. These people, I mean, there is a new, there's something I've been seeing going around, which I really agree with is anti-hunting is anti-wildlife. And it really makes a lot of sense now, intuitive. You aren't going to see, get rid of hunting. You aren't going to see wild life flourish i mean essentially like the red wolves right yeah you want to talk about the red wolves out there i mean it's pretty well, it, cool what it, you guys have going on it's an article i believe it was in roanoke island north carolina uh they are trying to reintroduce the red wolf population and they recently within the last week or so had a litter or of red wolves born in the wild and that's first it's happened since i think 2018 was the last time yeah they're slowly growing and that's that's interesting it's bringing wolves back to the east coast really i mean do you have wolves on the east coast i know like in the west the midwest they have so i know red wolves i mean are they found that far east i believe there's some like texas and louisiana if i'm correct they used to have wolves here. If you go back in some of the history books, uh, they had bounties on them. It was for each kid, they'd give you like uh, something like 12 tobacco leaves or something like that. Gotcha. And they pretty much went and just killed them off. But uh, it's the, I forget the, it's a park down in Roanoke Island that is starting to reintroduce them and stuff like that. So. That's really cool. 
And remember, they're in the Alligator River National Wildlife Refuge. Mm. Sounds like they might be, yeah, might be messing around with some alligators down there. Wolf Builders is alligators. That'd be pretty fun to watch. (laughs) I'd looked at taking a vacation down there, and it was one of the the things you go to that park and uh, rent canoes. Oh, that's really cool. You could float down the river, and they were talking about possibilities of seeing, you know, some red wolves, some black bears, and that far up, I, I'm not 100% sure if you'd see an alligator or not, possibly. Yeah. It might be an old name for the area, kind of. It's right there on, it's not on the ocean side, it's on the inlet side, so I ain't sure if the water be salty or what. I yeah. think alligators don't do salt water, do they? That's crocodiles, right? I, I think that's just crocodiles. I think it's just a saltwater crocodile. From my extensive alligator crocodile research I've done as a kid watching Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I can remember on that part of it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, we will be right back after a quick word from our buddies over at PurePro. Whether you're hunting, fishing, scouting, sitting down for long periods of time just really takes it out of you. Your back is sore, your body is sore, you're going to have to leave your tree stand or blind early just because you are not comfortable. Well, let's change that with PurePro. PurePro is making an avid hunter, outdoor enthusiast, some most comfortable products out there in the market. You can be able to sit for long periods of time and not have a sore back or body. Mate right here in the USA. Get your Pure Pro products today at www.purpro.com. That is www.pur-pro.com today. When you're out in the field, you don't want to get old like myself and Dustin. Nothing worse than a bad back. <laughs> Definitely want to get a Pure Pro because, heck, even using in your office to sit on makes sitting 10 times more better. Yeah, Adam's got his in his gaming chair. I that hunt they took it, they dropped us off. They picked us up at 3:30. That last night I hiked a mile back into the swamp. Woo! Sitting there till 10:30 that night. Oh my goodness. How was all that, that hiking? That was one minute you you the mud is trying to suck your boots off of you, and the next minute you're knee high in water. Gotcha. Oh my. Just after our uh, turkey episode, turkey news has to come out. Uh, you know, we talked about the Gould's turkey. Um, the Gould's turkey is actually only traditionally hunted through hunter conservation efforts. Uh, was transplanted into Arizona, where now it's a viable hunting population, but they're pretty much from Mexico. Um, but I mean, to hunt them in Arizona, like everything in the state, you gotta you gotta put in for a draw and takes, I want to say, ten to fifteen years to draw for these turkey tags. And I mean, yeah, and there's some units in Arizona where every other year you can get a turkey tag, so not many people put in for them. But if you want to hunt them, um, in New Mexico, they have actually started 
they started replanting turkeys and starting reintroducing them to the wildlife, the Gould's turkey. And now the is now at a stable population um, after a three year long study that in game unit 26, 27 in New Mexico that they are now proposing the Game and Fish Commission, a once in a lifetime turkey hunt there as well for Gould's turkey, which I mean, these turkeys are, they're big turkeys. They aren't your average size of the Marian, Marian's turkeys. Um, they'll just be another great hunting opportunity for um, folks to get, especially, you know, where you can only really hunt them, where you can only hunt them in one state in, Amer in the United States and you have to go to Mexico if you want to hunt them anywhere else. I mean, it definitely will be a unique opportunity, I'm sure. I mean, one of the good things about New Mexico is their draw is strictly of the luck. You know, there's no bonus points. There's no nothing. It's just you put in and you could be putting in for 20 years and have the same luck as someone putting in for their first year. So it would be, it'll be cool to see if this actually passes and it will be decided on um, October 14th. So we still have a while to find out on that. It, I like those type of draws better than the whole point thing in it. <laughs> hey, you don't like, you don't like donating your money for 30 years, hoping you're going to get it to know you're going to get a tag. <laughs> like we how do out the here. Point system, how's that random? If you have a point system. So, um, it's random because if you have the most points, you're guaranteed a tag. So they have like an X, and then after those, well, after I think 30% is guaranteed to the max point holders. So it'd be like for Bighorn Sheep, like 32, 33 points, you're pretty much guaranteed a tag. Um, for Elk, same thing in some units, you're guaranteed to draw after like 15 years in like say unit one, which is where I believe the last world record uh, Rocky Mountain Elk was taken out of, all right on the New Mexico border. But then after that, it goes into the another draw, which then is a random draw after that. So it really works its way down the point scale. And then after max points, then it becomes random in that sense. So like a good example is someone like myself um, is put in for a really hard to draw muzzleloader unit for elk this year. And I have six elk points. I didn't draw it, but my dad drew it with two points. So he got into random pass. And then my buddy drew it with probably one point, I think, because he got the same one last year. And here I am sitting with six points and didn't get drawn. Okay. <laughs> so it starts out in a way as beneficial if you put in year after year, and then it goes random. I mean, so in that sense, it is in a randomized state. But, I mean, it does guarantee a tag after X amount of years. And nowadays with all the – they publish like the match points and then there's breakdowns. If you put in for this unit with this many points, you're pretty much guaranteed a tag or this many points can cut you down to this type of percentage and uh, so on and so forth. So it kind of breaks down like, so say you have like someone with 10 points and someone with versus five points and there's a hundred thousand people in that draw per se. So you're going to, your name has a chance of getting drawn one person's 10 times. Another person has his name getting drawn 20 times or 12 times out of it. So it's just kind of just like, draft in a way or bingo it's probably the best way yeah i am we're going actually up this weekend to because he hasn't shot the muzzleloader yet and 
one of my buddies up there is very good with guns. So he has the formula figured out. So we're taking the muzzleloader up there to be able to make the muzzleloader shoot dead on at 300 yards. Don't know how that's going to go, but he he says he knows how to do it. He did it with his muzzleloader. So he has some mixture with the powder. Yeah, so he's done it before. Uh, so he has something with mixing the powder and this and that. He, so we're going to go up there and get the muzzleloader sighted in for 300 yards and figure out the recipe. So can become a damn cannon, I feel like. Are you going to... I, I guess if you... The right amount of powder, which I'm sure y'all using the pellets. Yeah, so we're getting rid of the pellets and we're going to powder to be able to measure it out correctly to have it accurate at 300 yards. So he's he's really getting into it. Yeah, he's he's one of those. Um, my friend's dad. He has been a bear guide since the '60s up there. He's been hunting and fishing his whole life, so he knows the. He's the type of person when you show up on a hunt in that area, he says, "Just go start at this hill at this time by this tree, and right there will be that animal you're looking for." And I mean, I'm not not a shot every time, or been successful, but every time. There's that animal within 100 yards of where he tells you to go sit at. So he knows that area inside and out. So very good. Dial it into the correct amount of powder. Yeah. Yeah. He knows it correct. He said, we sent him all the gun information, <laughs> all the gun information over to him already. He's like, he has the books. He's like, okay, he's a mad scientist doing his thing. And I'm not going to be the first one to pull that trigger. But, you know, I'll sit back and watch after the first second shot. Well, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a kick. I have a feeling. Make your shoulder a little sore with that much powder. You don't think? No. I don't think so. I mean, uh, I'm shooting a 54 caliber muzzle loader. Okay, I just thought the more powder, the more kick. But, no. Even if it does, by by the time you're actually shooting at an animal, you ain't gonna feel it anyway. No, I don't. It's just getting it sided in. <laughs> yeah, one them, was it them Codwell lead sleds? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think he actually has that too, so I'm sure there won't be too much. That, that, that is borderline taking the human out of it. I mean, they can dial that thing in to. Oh yeah. Level it up. I used one before my pig hunt to dial in my three hundred or my thirty out six, and the uh, guy was showing me how to use it to get it all dialed in. I'm like this is ridiculous so yeah just crank this a little bit and this i'm like oh my goodness it's like now this is how you know it's accurate instead of me up there on like my little thing shaking like all right it looks i think it's good it's in the same quarter inch this one was just through the hole the exact same time yeah uh, it's it's amazing i mean the technology that's come come around these days for it all it's absolutely amazing but then it goes back to it's more ethical for the animal. So it's better yeah. for the animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes cleaner shots. I mean, there's still that chance of human error, but, I mean, it's not going to be as great. It just makes hunting a lot more enjoyable as well because, I mean, nothing worse than having to track the animal. That's why I like people that out west that, like, that shoot, like, four or 500-yard shots at coos deer. I'm like, that's a long walk to go find your deer. And if it doesn't drop, it has to run some more. And then you got to go chase. Like, 
I'm not trying to do be a triathlete here. I want to be close, have a drop right there. Not that crazy of a walk over to it. <laughs> Get it all skinned up and out. Oh, yeah, but people, people are crazy these days. I mean, you crazy. I mean, talking about crazy. I mean, an Ohio man has 59 people with fake hunting leases. Now, my question is, Do you not, I mean, I don't know hunting leases. Do you not check out the hunting lease before you go and want to put a deposit down on it? It's. I get. You have some of these websites that, hey, here's a hunting lease or Craigslist or whatever that got my place up for a lease and all. Here's the price. Here's some pictures and all. I mean, yeah. I mean, according according to the Meteor, in 2019, Nate Nathaniel L. Knox plotted and implemented a scheme to make sure to land him some money. Placed an advertisement on at least 38 Facebook page, pages, including Hunt Florida, Ohio Hunting Leases, Bow Hunting PA, Alabama Deer Hunters, selling leases for quality hunting property in Ohio. The 30 year old. Resident provided fake, big buck, big bucks were on it, and on the land and ensured his victims legitimacy. I mean, charged anywhere from four to five thousand dollars for leases, accepted payments through PayPal, Walmart to Walmart, MoneyGram, Western Union, Venmo. Okay, if someone's asking for money for Western Union or Walmart to Walmart. I think I'm going to be like, what is going on here, bud? I thought you were going to add in, you know, some Apple gift cards. Yeah. Like that too. They, they bought him stuff off his Amazon wish list. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. And then when two Florida hunters went to travel to the lease to site to scout the area, they were confronted by the actual landowner. Could you imagine being that landowner? What the hell are you doing out here? my hunting lease what are you talking about hell no this is my farm yeah, <laughs> i just paid I, I just paid a guy through walmart cashing service five grand to be out here <laughs> i guess he is safe if he didn't give out his actual address yeah i mean but i mean that's it's just 59 income i mean the amazing thing for me is 59 individuals fell to this scam it's been going on since 2019. I guess maybe one year could have been closed during COVID, but between three years and 59 people, it finally took this long for two people actually to show up on the lease that they're paying upwards of $5,000 for to actually realize this is, isn't real. That's kind of my question is, did people, did people like hunt these leases and no one ever caught them or? Was it just no one ever showed up to them? I mean, 59 people at $5,000 a pop is $295,000. Yeah, he got more than 30. So I don't think he got made much on the $5,000. He totaled a $34,000 in income. So I'm guessing it was on the lower side of between the four to $600 range. So I guess maybe we're paying that little for leases when leases are going for like two, dollars $3,000 for an acre in some states. You might not show up, especially if you're in like Florida or... Alabama, but three. I mean, 
you got a lot of them southern states that their leases are thousands of acres. Yeah. I don't, it's it's just interesting. I mean, it took that long also for someone to show the hell up. <laughs> yeah, know. I don't. I mean, if, if you're leasing the property and you paying for it, you would show up. Uh, yeah. Unless they showed up and they didn't get caught by the landowner. I mean. Yeah. That... But how do you do that? I mean, if it's a farm, how would you not see the landowner? Yeah. I mean, I guess the people just maybe he charged so little people just said, screw it, I'm not going to show up. That would be the only only thing that I could possibly think of on that. Um, I mean, to make it that long. So I'm guessing it was either little, little amount of money that people didn't think too much of it. But I don't know. I mean, he's facing, if he gets, I'm sure he's going to be found guilty because I'm sure like, Money exchanges have records of everything. Um, up to 20 years in prison. So he's making about $1,500 a year he'll be making in prison off this money. But I guess he has to give it all back, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. People are crazy. So if you're looking to buy hunting leases in Ohio, at least you have one guy that you don't have to worry about. Because he is going to be in jail for a very long time. I mean, I'm sure he'll get some plea deal, but still, he'll be in there for a while. <laughs> but don't they still get access to the internet there? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not hey, too jail, sure. You do. Do you? Shit. I need. Excuse so he's me. Probably I, still gonna have that that scam going. I need to go to jail. <laughs> I need. Hang on. I need to go to jail and get some free internet too. These Wi-Fi bills are getting a little expensive. <laughs> free food, free healthcare, free internet. Oh my goodness! Ain't well, I got some. Bad, I got some hunting leases for you guys in Arizona. So hit me up. I'll I'll cut you guys a deal. <laughs> oh man! I mean, speaking of not so bright people as well, in in our lovely state of Montana, you know, we talk about Montana a lot because of the grizzly bear problems. There. According to the wide open spaces, the Montana Parks and Wildlife announced 45-year-old Harold Horan pleaded guilty to poaching bighorn sheep in the Highland Mountains back in November because he thought the bighorn sheep was an elk. Now, have you ever seen a bighorn sheep in the wild? Not in the wild, no. Not, so, no. I've seen so them mounts and I believe in a zoo. And you, you've seen elk, correct? Out in Pigeon Forge? Could you get those mixed up? <laughs> a bighorn sheep and an elk? If I was colorblind. Blind. <laughs> long way off. And I held my head to like a 23 degree angle to the right <laughs> and squinted my eyes, possibly. Possibly. I mean, it is, I mean, it, that is his, <laughs> his, his, uh, his punishment was $5,245 in restitution fees and a two year hunting suspension for hunting and fishing. Now, I think he also should be required to do a eye test to be sure his eyes okay before he can go yes. <laughs> fishing. Maybe like one of those 
wildlife books that your kids get, like circle what animal this is, connect the lines, you know, that is just, I just, I just, I don't know. It's just I mean, crazy. Well, that's two different species. And like elk, elk and bighorn sheep are usually found in, I mean, mainly different areas. I mean, they might be in the same forest or the same area, but a bighorn sheep's going to be up on rock. Elk's going to be more into grassland, the forest. I mean, some elk go high alpine. Some sheeps do go low, but I mean, mainly, thing one has things sticking all over its head like branches, and one has like a curl. You know, it is, it's absolutely crazy what these people are nowadays. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to assume anything, but I don't, I don't think he is being completely honest. I think we need an IQ test because it, it may have got to be honest. He said it. It's... He got caught, though. That's why he said it. I mean, if he got caught, because they found the bighorn sheep just laying there. He didn't even take it? No. The horing was caught because there was a witness that to the incident contacted FWP afterwards reported the sheet had been left to rot. So he didn't even take the sheep. See, now he... I, and he's getting off easy. So the penalty for poaching a bighorn sheep is $30,000. He's only paying one-sixth of that in restitution fees at $5,245. The taxpayers of Montana will be picking up the other $25,000 or $24,765 to bring that sheep back. It, it, it's one thing if you are in a situation where you're hungry and you can't afford it and you go out and you shoot something and you take it to eat it. Yeah. I, I can I can sympathize with that. But if you're just going to shoot something to let it rot, not take yeah. anything off of it. Even if you realize your mistake, that was a big corn sheep after. At least call a game with fish so they can donate to me. Yeah. Do something to... to that that animal's life was wasted just just because good old good old Harold couldn't see anything. <laughs> it's ridiculous for a sheep. That is that's two different species. That's they don't even look alike. I mean, maybe possibly with your head tilted, colorblind. Sheep turned back to you, maybe possibly with its white butt looking at you. you might think it's deer at first, but you mean you aren't going to shoot an animal from its butt either. I mean, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because I mean, this guy might. I mean, he size wise, was he shooting at a, a even a elk? even a, a, a elk calf isn't. They're tall. They're long and they're tall and lanky. They aren't short and squatty. I, I could, I could be a devil's advocate and say, yeah, if it was elk and moose, okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they have problems. Better than I can a uh, sheep and a uh, elk. Yeah, they. I know they have problems like Colorado when moose first got being introduced that hunters uh, were shooting moose because they weren't used to moose being there and. They weren't really thinking, looking for the head and all that. They saw kind of similar body types. But I mean, now that doesn't happen. I mean, but you always should be sure, I guess, of what you're shooting at because nowadays it's probably idiots running around the woods in the deer costume during deer season. 
play stupid games, get stupid rewards. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to us. We're sorry again for the delay on this technical difficulties. Gotta love it. Technology, one thing to make life harder at times, even though it's supposed to make our life easier. <laughs> oh, man. Don't forget but, about, you know, those people that are actually watching this, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you think of our beautiful mugs. Um, also, remember, if you haven't yet, Season 3 of Headline Outdoors is on now on Roku, Fire TV, um, and also, how does the breakdown work for YouTube after a week after each episode airs? A week after it airs on Roku and Amazon, it gets aired on our website. Perfect. So if you don't have a way to download it, you can always head over to headlineoutdoors.com to watch season three. It's been a good it's a good season so far. Lots of fun. Um sure like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever you're listening to. Also find us on Instagram and Facebook at DD Outdoor Podcast. And if you hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And if you're heading to work soon. It will be over.